Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is On The Grove with Jerry, and I'm Jerry. Um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I'm excited for this one today because um, what I'm going to be talking about is a little bit about my experience as a student athlete at the University of Minnesota. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, so I came to the University of Minnesota in the summer of 2014. Um, I was under Coach Kill. Uh, Coach Kill's great guy. That's my that's my dude. Um, he's a good guy. Um, what really made my decision easy is because he let me make the decision. He didn't try to force me into coming to Minnesota. He didn't try to sell me on all this BS or anything like that. He just kept it real with me. Um, and I really appreciate that. And I really like coaches and people that keep it straightforward with their players because there is no need to lie or anything like that. Yeah, I understand that recruiting is sales. Like, rec- like coaches are salesmen. Um, don't let them fool you because they have to sell what makes them different than the next school. And why is it a better opportunity for the recruit to come to that school versus this school? And for me, I mean, none of that really mattered because I was focused on what I was focused on. And I wasn't going to let a coach distract me from what I was focused on accomplishing. Um, so, yeah, I came under Coach Kill. I came into college about 215 pounds. By the time the season started, my freshman year, I was up to 235 pounds. So that's why when you see these young men and like young women come into school and then they come back the next summer and they're just completely developed and just different. It's because the college weight program is crazy. So came in as a freshman, hot headed and real confident. That's I mean, who who's not like that? So uh summer went well, summer training and all of that sort. It was all a shock because everything was so different and so hard and so advanced in compared to what I had already been through. And then you get to see grown men playing football. Like you just left a era in your life where you could you were a man amongst boys now you are a boy immense grown man so that was a culture change for me like it was a shock because these dudes are like 20 years old 22 like I'm 18 like still wet behind the ears so you don't know what to expect so that's that's a big that was a big shocker for me coming into college um so then fast forward to the season um didn't play my freshman year. I mean, if you remember the name Max Williams, uh, yeah, D. Max Williams, great dude, amazing athlete, and Brandon Lingen, like Alexander Bish. It was a and a couple more guys. Like it was some studs in that room, in that tight end room. Um, love those guys to this day. Those great guys. Even Duke, Duke, my guy. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was just crazy just going from that dude at every position in high school coming in to 
a room full of men that were that dude in their high school. So it was different. Like, I had to get used to that. So I redshirted my freshman year. I was upset. And it was just different because you're trying to learn how to handle your own business. Like, you control, like, you got to wake up. You got to go get groceries for yourself. You got to go to class. If you don't go to class, you're going to get in trouble. It's not mom and dad waking you up, making breakfast for you, or going to get groceries for you. I mean, some people did have that because they were the local guys. And then those people's parents looked out for the guys like myself that were from across the country. So I'm really thankful for those guys and their parents for helping me out along the way. Um, But a lot of people don't understand that when you're a college athlete, you have it hard. A lot of people feel like as a college athlete, you have it easier than the normal students at the university when I would beg to differ. Because as a normal student, yeah, you have student loans. That's what everybody says. Oh, you have like, oh, you don't have student loans. You don't have student loans. But think about how your day was when you got to sleep in all day. You didn't have class until 10. You got out of class at 2.30. And... That was it. Yeah, you might have had a job, but cool. Like, you got to think, when you're asleep, athletes are up working out. They're already probably done with workouts and already done with their first class by the time you wake up and go to your first class. Like, that's that. put that into perspective. Average day, you got to wake up at 5 o'clock, even earlier than that sometimes. Sometimes workouts start at 5.30, and then you're done with workout at, like, 7, and then class starts at 8.15. You're in class at 8.15. You got another class at 9.45. You're in that class until 10.30 or whatever, or however long, or, like, 11. So you've already had your workouts. You had your breakfast. You've had class, you've had two classes, and the normal, everyday college student is just getting their day started. So then, you've worked out, you've been to class. So now, it's 2 o'clock, and you're headed home for the day, or you're headed to work. No, athletes are headed to practice. They're headed to meetings. So after they've had class... They've had, they've got ahead to three hours worth of meetings on a good day. And then you got to practice. So now it's seven o'clock at night. So now you've had dinner and then you got study hall till nine. So you've been up since five o'clock. Now it's nine o'clock and you just get to go home. And you do this every day. Like that's tough. That's not easy. And everybody's like, oh, you got it made. you like. You're so lucky. Yes, we are blessed. Student athletes are blessed to have the opportunity to get their school paid for as well as play a sport that they enjoy and that they that they love. Yes, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we don't have it made. Yeah, in a way, you could say that student athletes, scholarship student athletes have it made because They have things that are provided for them that normal students don't have, like meals. Their meals were paid for most of the time, and you have housing that is paid for most of the time, and 
you get all this cool gear and your school's paid for most of the time. Like, yes, I understand where you're coming from, but college is tough. Like, think about finals. When finals come around, how you can study for three days straight, right? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that's tough and you're cramming for the test, but imagine having to wake up at 5 o'clock and then work out. And then be in meetings and have to know your plays and practice and then go study. And then try to find time to sleep because you got to get back up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Like, that's tough. Like, that is hard. Like, I want the people who complain about student athletes and how easy they have it to switch for one day. They're going to be like, oh, when do I get to go home? Oh, at the end of the day. So, yeah. Being a student athlete in college is hard, but sometimes you have to be an athlete student because you can't take those classes because it doesn't fit with your practice schedule. Um, So that's a tough situation as well. And then um, also you get punished. (laughs) So if you oversleep for class when... You're just a normal student. You are punished for that. Um, I mean, you do different types of punishment. I'm not going to air that out there, but you do have to face the consequences of not going to class and not going to work out and stuff like that. So you don't have that. Like as a normal student, you can just, oh, I don't want to go to class today and not go to class. No, as a student athlete, you have to be in class. And for my last two years, I had to be in class in the first two rows with a button down, like a button up collar shirt, a polo shirt. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a dress shirt, but it had to be a polo shirt with a collar tucked in. And you had to sit in the first two rows or you had to face the consequences. <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of people were like, man, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Even myself, I was like, I'm not doing that. That's that's beyond me. But once I started seeing people face the consequences, and then once it got to the point to where the team had to face consequences because somebody wasn't wearing a polo shirt to class, things got real. Think people started to realize, like, oh, let me just do this and stop resisting. Um, so, yeah, being a student athlete is tough. And then you always hear this thing about, Oh, student athletes get mopeds. Student athlete gets mopeds. No, no, no. I wish I was given a moped. I had to save up money to buy a moped. I mean, yeah, some people have nice mopeds because, yeah, their parents were able to save money and buy them a nice moped because nine times out of ten, they weren't paying for their school, so... The money they were going to use for them to go to school, they use it for a moped and to furnish their apartment or to pay their rent or get them a car or a new laptop or whatever. Whatever your family was able to provide. So you can't say, oh, athletes are giving mopeds and athletes are giving everything. No, athletes have to work for every single thing they have because at the end of the day, you're pretty much on a one-day contract. I had a coach that told me, it's basically a one-day contract because if you mess up, yeah, they can get rid of you. 
They can tell you to leave and take your scholarship and kick you off the team and you will be pretty much on your own. It's a business at the end of the day. It's a business. Like, think about how much these coaches make. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And it's a lot of coaches. So, they make a lot of money. NCAA makes a lot of money. The universities make a lot of money. So, they can take it away at any time because they have all control. And then, during my time at the University of Minnesota, we went through a lot of crazy situations. Um, Man, I went, we boycotted. Like, what? Like, yeah. Like, Rosa Parks, I'm not moving type boycott. Like, we were like, we're not practicing. What happened to our teammates were unfair. I'm not bringing it back up. Um, we got the situation handled, and I hope they get paid for that situation because that was handled wrong, and justice will be served. Um, I am a firm believer of what goes around comes around. Um, so I don't wish anything bad on the people in the situation. Um, it's handled, and I hope they get paid for it. So, because they were pretty much disrespected. Their face shouldn't have been in the newspaper. Things of that sort shouldn't have been released, but it did. But the other person, the other party that was involved, um, their information never was released um, at any time. Um, their face was never plastered and drug across the streets of Minneapolis and across the country and everything of that sort. But my brothers on that team, their faces and names were drug and like, oh my goodness, the scene after that whole situation was crazy. Like you couldn't even walk out your house. Like you pretty much had to leave your apartment in a disguise because People were literally storming around campus, like, going nuts about it. When they didn't even know the whole story or the true story because the true story was never, like... I mean, it was released, but people didn't want to see it for what it was. And I'm a type of person that if you did wrong, then you deserve to suffer the consequences. So, as men, we sat down and discussed things, and we decided to act on it accordingly, and we pretty much handled that situation. It was tough because um, it led to my third coaching change in college, so, yeah, but it was, we went through some crazy stuff, Um, so... A little bit about the coaching changes. Um, came in with Coach Kill. Um, Coach Kill has a health condition. Um, so um, the team wasn't doing so hot, and boosters weren't happy, and media wasn't happy. And Coach Kill was like, he's kind of, a, he's an older guy. I'm um, safe to say that, I believe. Coach Kill's an older guy, and that stress was just, wasn't good for his health. So, he decided to step down as a coach, and then 
we had Coach Clay step in, who was the defensive coordinator. So he moved into the head coaching spot. And then it was a situation he just wasn't ready for. Nothing against Coach Clay's. He just wasn't ready for the head coaching job at the University of Minnesota. And it was just too much for him. So after this whole situation where we basically told him, hey, coach, this is where we're at with this situation. And we understand that if you stand behind us, that you may have consequences as well. But we have to stand with our brothers. And he sat there in front of us and said, you know what? If I let you guys go through this, I know I'm going to lose my job. And having a grown man know and look all of you in your face and say, I stand behind you guys 100%, regardless of the outcome, he earned all of my respect. Like, honestly, like, a lot of people wouldn't do that because people in this world are selfish. And then that led to the birth of Coach Fleck and rode a boat in the University of Minnesota. And let me tell you, it was such a shock when it first happened. Um, it was so tough because I was so used to, like, the old school type of coaching. Like, you're going to practice, like, long and hard and slow and whatever, and you're going to practice, and then your life is your life outside of football. Coach Fleck came in. That was completely different. He's like, oh, what are you doing today? Like, let me know. Let me into your life. Let me in. Let me in. You hear me knocking? Let me in. And I resisted a lot. I resisted for a long time because I didn't understand it. I was like, this is not what I'm here for. What is he doing? Why is he, why is he like this? And then I kind of regrouped and took a step back and was like, Man, Coach Flex a cool dude. Like, he knows what he's talking about. He just has a unconventional way of thinking and doing things. And he doesn't care that people think that way. And because of that, it kind of made me realize I'm kind of the same way. Because I don't care what people think of me. I don't care what people think I'm doing. I don't care what people... I, I really don't care because at the end of the day... I know who I am, I know what I stand for, and I know what I'm about. So you can think of whatever you want to think about me, and I'm still going to be fine at the end of the day. I'm not going to lose sleep off of how you feel about me. And Coach Flex the same way. But I will say, Coach Flex came in with a full head of hair, and now he's bald-headed. I know college football stresses him out, too. Hey, these Minnesota nice ain't Minnesota nice, for real. Hey, it's Minnesota passive-aggressive. And y'all know y'all are. So get my dog Coach Flex some slack, man. Like he he he's changing the he's changed their program around. Like from being in it and then I even got back this past weekend to like I be like I've got back to see it and be on the outside and kind of watch because I've experienced it and I've been able to kind of be immersed in it and like dig that foundation for these the young guys that came in that got recruited by Coach Flake because pretty much everybody who played with Coach Clays and Coach Kill are out there. Like this is their last year, I do believe. So within the next year or so he'll have all his recruits, which is gonna be great for him and great for the program. Um 
he was really building something great, and I'm very excited for it. And But I will say, because I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys are wondering, playing for Coach Fleck is not easy. It's hard. It's one of the hardest things I ever have done in my life because Coach Fleck is going to be Coach Fleck regardless. And he's going to do things the way he does things, no matter how you feel or how you think. And if you don't like it, you can get on the boat or you can get off the boat. That's that's his mindset. And I respect it. And I respect people that way who stay true to themselves. Like, in any part of my life, if you're going to be a jerk, don't be a jerk sometimes. Be a jerk all the time. So then I know he's going to be a jerk. Like, if you're going to be rude... Be rude all the time. Don't switch it up. I like people that are consistent. Like, I am the way I am. I am who I am. So, it was, it was, and I had a lot of memorable moments playing at the university, too. Um, my freshman year, we won the pig and the jug. Um, that was awesome. But, we and we won a few bowl games. We went to the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Um, Citrus Bowl in Orlando. We went to Detroit twice. We went to the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. Um, but nothing beats winning in Wisconsin at Camp Randall. And I have a picture. I'm going to blow it up and put it in my office. But I have a picture with the axe. Like, we haven't won there in, like, 20-something years. Um, we hadn't had the axe in double-digit years as well like it's crazy that was the one of my favorite moments and then at, at that time in my career I was I was going through a lot I was in a dark place because I was just like man I've I had like had enough I was tired um, football had became like a chore and a job to me I didn't really like enjoy what I was doing anymore I was just ready to be done and in the real world but I mean, it was it was just tough, man. Like, it wasn't easy. So, any advice that I have for people out there going to college or anything in life, it's going to be tough. Approach every situation expecting it to be the hardest thing you've done. I don't care if you're proposing to your girlfriend or boyfriend. I don't care if you're going in your first day of work. I don't, whatever the situation is, like, if you're about to have a baby or anything of that sort, approach everything expecting the worst. Why I say that? Because if you expect the worst to happen, then anything anything other than the worst, you're going to be happy because... If you go in expecting the best thing possible and then something the slightest can go wrong, then you're going to be upset because you expected the best. But if you go in and expect the worst, like, man, this is going to go really bad. And then it actually goes, okay, then you're going to be like, oh, I'm satisfied. I thought this was going to go really bad. So it's fine. That's how I approach this podcast. Like, I don't really care. Like, you all can listen to it. You can tell your friends to listen to it. You can listen to it one time and be like, man, who does Jerry think he is doing this podcast talking about this stuff? Cool. That's what I expect. I expect nobody to listen to it. 
I expect nobody to like it. Because if anything other than that happens, then I am satisfied and I'm happy. I'm going to go to sleep with a smile on my face. So that's a little bit about my experience as a college athlete. Um, More to come soon in future episodes here. But I just wanted to give you a little taste of my experience and air out a few questions. So thanks for tuning in to On The Grove. And we'll see you next time.